Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 32, Lofty Success Requires Lofty Goals. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jesse. You can also call me Cypher. Look at the picture thing. You see how it says Jesse, Cypher 003, Wall? It is implying that either or will do, and so I always feel weird about introducing myself as one name, but really it's both. It's either or. It's not a big deal. Hey, we are doing a podcast so i should stop talking about that what i should be telling you is that we have just casual today that's right just casual aka sam han sam is a great person to talk to in regards to the realm of esports and the realm of melee despite the fact that he's more of a newcomer he is doing awesome things with the gg melee channel with all of the people there so i'm excited for you to hear this interview and what he does what he's gonna do what he has done all the things let's just get to the interview why is it so quiet oh right transition here we are bottom of the smash mountain and today i'm so happy to be joined by sam han aka just casual esports marketing content product management at the warriors and at golden guardians let's make esports <laughs> i'm borrowing from your twitter bio sam thank you so much for joining me today yeah thank you so much for reaching out and having me i know it was uh not the easiest thing to work around my schedule, so I really appreciate it. I'm super excited to talk to you about uh, whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> Mostly about you, but yes, you do have a busy schedule, deservedly so. You are a very much wanted individual for all things related to esports. You're more or less running the Golden Guardian's social media presence. Am I understanding that correctly? Just the YouTube. The social media presence is a amazing individual named Zeke who does an amazing job. He's actually uh, pretty integrated into the Smash scene. But uh, for me, when it comes to the Smash stuff, it would be primarily GG Melee. And with with Zeke, I, I did hear that name before, and you two were on the mix-up. So that was really cool to hear that, that podcast go through. And that's what I was sort of understanding. But now you're helping to clarify that's mostly related to the GG Melee YouTube channel that you're helping to grow, which, by the way, is off to a roaring start for only being about six months, less than six months old. So congratulations to you, over 20,000 subscribers and growing. Yeah, yeah, it's been a, we've had some crazy community support. I think we've had some really talented people that we put together when it comes to talent, as well as, you know, our internal staff. We... Even before we invested into Melee, we had some big Melee fans and uh, actually competitors um, on staff. So that's really, really exciting. Um, Yeah, the channel's only... I think we launched April 2nd. I think that was our announcement. So it's it's only been two months, almost, at the time of this (laughs) recording at least. And yeah, we we surpassed 20k subscribers. Uh, I think we're getting like 200 or 300k views per month, something around there. So yeah, it uh, it blows my mind, <laughs> absolutely, and it's really excited to be part of that uh, that project for sure. It's been really cool to see the growth process of GG Melee, and of course, yes, to your point, there are a lot of people involved, uh, the talent, and of course, I'm sure there's at least one or two editors and graphic design, all the the branding push, and you yourself, of course, with making sure that the content that is curated and presented is top-notch. So I want to make sure that you can have space to shout out the people who are sort of involved besides yourself. Do you want to do that now? 
Oh my gosh, this is, you're putting me on the spot. I'm gonna forget someone and that's gonna be really, really painful and that's gonna really suck. <laughs> but, oh no. Um, yeah, I guess I could shout out some people. Yeah, we, uh, just in general, we have a, so I'm the, hmm, how should I do this? I'll just break down the team. Um, that might be interesting for some people because, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's me at the project lead to do this. Um, and then to help me with it, we've had our internal editor, Justin, who pretty much piloted all of our, like kind of our bigger content. And then we have our creative director, Crystal, who's helped build the um, graphics packages for pretty much all the stuff that goes up there. And then from there, I would say it just trickles down to using a lot of um, freelancers. Um, I think one thing that we try to do, at least on my projects that I try to do a lot with Golden Gardens is um, we're in esports. Esports doesn't make a ton of money unless you're one of the uh, one of the really really successful esports teams. So because of that, we have a lot. Of, we don't have huge headcount when it comes to our internal staff, and we outsource things as much as possible. And to still have that successful, we need to, you know, use our amazing talent that we have in house and get the most value out of them and then set up our freelancers for success. So, I mean, Radio Melee runs purely by freelancers. Our highlights video is our awesome freelancer and even our Monday content, which is kind of the bigger stuff um, that is run by, uh, yeah, freelance editors. <laughs> and then, you know, with a lot of guidance and direction from our internal staff. So, uh, yeah, shout outs to everyone at GG <laughs> pretty much and all of our freelancers. It's, it's a lot to list. You know who you are. That's the bottom line. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I, I think that what's really cool, this is a small example, but the the 15,000 subscriber celebration was the Melee Jeopardy, and you had outsourced the questions. Or For Jeopardy, it's more like answers, and they're supposed to answer in the form of questions. Well, you get it. And the Melee Stats Collective helped out with that and also gave them a little bit of a plug at the start of the video. That was really cool. I don't know if you saw their reaction video to that video, but just... Yeah, so it was Edwin Budding and Wheat and Amber Sinister who reacted to the to the GG Melee video of Zane Tof and Nun taking that taking that Jeopardy quiz. You didn't get to see that yet. I did not see. I saw they put out a tweet that was very very nice, and um, but I did not see the video. You're gonna have to link me to it or point me in the direction after this. Yes, I will do that. I'll see how I can multitask right now about it. If I just look up Melee Jeopardy, I'm sure it'll come up. So. That's just a small example of how you also try to involve the melee scene directly itself, because I think that's something that has been coming across to me as a consumer and also someone who is trying to do melee content myself, that Golden Guardians as a whole, in terms of getting into the melee scene more this year, I mean, this happened a little bit when Zane first signed uh, a little while back, but since the beginning of April then, there has been seemingly a very purposeful push not only just engaging with melee community the melee community but also trying to see hey who wants to help hey can we get people on just the the not the regular average joes anyone who likes melee is important to me but the people who come on radio melee with tof and ppmd and ask questions and get to be on the call for a little bit get to be featured on the podcast and give shout outs like that's really really cool so i'm just interested in hearing why that would be from your perspective to try to make that sort of push as compared to maybe perhaps trying to make your own vision 
go through entirely and rather than sort of adapting i feel like it's a mix of adapting to what's already here and also what you want to see come out of it yeah so the way i'll touch on that question is talking about you know like one of the reasons why i got into esports um if you guys if you don't know and your audience may not um i spent i went to school for mechanical engineering got a degree worked in mechanical engineering for six years and then somewhere in that time i'm like wait i want to get into esports you know um, one of the big reasons was because I was heavily digesting League of Legends content, watching all the games, really heavily following their esports, and I just like loved how there was a space for gamers and that were competitive <laughs> and to enjoy competition, just like you see crazy fans in traditional sports. So I was like, this is really cool. I want to be a part of this, and I want to be that person that connects the fans and what they love the most, right? So I found my way into esports, worked really hard, and um, might have lost a little sight of that internal like passion for like why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I want to create an amazing experience for those that just love um, what they love, right? So for this, it would be like the Golden Guardians, like League of Legends team, or the Warriors NBA 2K team, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so then when I got back into when I got this melee project, and then seeing just how much support and love the melee community has it kind of reinvigorated that uh that vision for myself and my own personal goals and career goals and i was like this is awesome so one thing as especially as a product manager or a product lead or whatever you want to call whatever i do <laughs> with gg melee is really understanding the business side of things and the customer side of things and making sure we don't lose sight of either of those and we like unite that so I'm like, well, this fits exactly what my passion is, you know? Um, and, you know, if I just go crazy and just do what I want to do or what my vision is or what my creative uh, itch is or whatever, you know, that might not hit what our business goals are. It might not hit what our audience wants. And then, therefore, I make a uh, unsustainable product that ends up mm, maybe not being the best use of our resources when it comes to, again, pleasing the, the customers, our audience, Melee fans, or... Um, what our business needs are like getting views or getting partnerships or building out series that we can sell to partners. Uh, the list goes on and on. Right. So I think just having a strong vision of an understanding of how to toe that line and to make sure we please uh, both parties of that side is really crucial in my job, something that I love. And, you know, it's, it's challenging because, you know, we have some amazing creatives that want to do some crazy stuff, which is awesome. And I want to, you know, make sure those people are getting that itch because that's important to them. That brings them value. That brings them their passion. But I also don't want them to spend, you know, 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week working so hard to get something that doesn't have something to show for that they're proud of, um, at least especially on the business side. I think that's one thing that we ran into with our League of Legends channel, which um, I never really got to be heavily involved in. So it's really excited to be part of a YouTube channel like uh, GG Melee. Um, but we put lots of resources. We hired people to make content for League of our League of Legends channel. And after all that hard, hard work, seeing so many people discouraged by the, the lack of views we're getting, even though I think, uh, <laughs> I think, and I would say a lot of fans believe that we put out some of the best produced, best stories, best content out there. But unfortunately, just there's not necessarily an audience for us or for that. Um, so that's one of the big things I'm trying to avoid with 
uh, GG Melee, that we're making content that like really speaks to the audience and still make sure that we can continue to do this because uh, my boss, <laughs> their bo my, his boss, and the whole Warriors organization is happy with what we're putting out and the way we're spending our resources. That's really cool to hear that so far, so good. And getting a lot of positive response to start off. I think that it's, it goes one of two ways with this sort of thing where you insert yourself into an already very much established community presence in terms of social media, especially that it's either going to be like, oh, okay, everyone's sort of like <laughs> suspicious, like, wow, Golden Guardian's kind of sus, TBH. I don't, I don't know how else to phrase it, but I think instead of that, of course, what we've seen is very positive response. And I think a lot of people are just really happy and excited that there seems to be that business side of things being sort of held back slightly or enough that the personality of Melee, the spirit of Melee shines through. I think that that line is struck really well and it's shown hopefully in your eyes and in the rest of the Golden Guardians team uh, in terms of the engagement, the growing subscribers and the views that the channel is getting. Really, really cool to see and I think that everybody overall seems to be really happy with it, really excited about thus far. So hope it continues to go well for you. And yes, your origin story is something that I wanted to get into a little bit, but I also want to have a real conversation instead of being like, Sam, Sam, stop talking about that. We'll, we'll get to your origin story in a second. So now I'm really excited to talk about that a little bit more. When did you, when did you fall in love with video games? Was that very, very early on? Did you have to get introduced to it by somebody? I mean, th I, I think that's a, uh... We can quickly gloss over that. It's it's a typical story, you know. My dad brought home a Nintendo or like a computer, so I've been playing since like all my life. And you know, it's a typical like, oh, games are a waste of time. I still figured out a way to beg for games, buy games, borrow games, and just played <laughs> played all my life. Um, yeah, still doing it. I actually playing a lot less games since I got into esports, but um, you know, uh, that's just because things are busier and sometimes I need to unplug from my job. Um. But yeah, just been playing games all my life. Uh, yeah, nothing special there. <laughs> well, do you? What was the first game that you remember thinking to yourself, "I'm never picking up another game. I'm staying here forever. This is the game that I'm super obsessed with." For me, it was it was Super Smash Brothers for the 64. I thought I was never going to stop playing that game, and I haven't. But I, I play other games now. <laughs> you know, I definitely was. About, I was going to say League of Legends, which I can get to. But once you mentioned 60, uh, Smash 64, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I played so much of that. I remember amazing memories of that game after my neighbors got it playing so much of that i don't know if i ever thought of like this is a game i'm gonna play forever um but i definitely played so much of that game i i feel like everyone has um i think it's like a rite of passage just like you know golden eye or like uh mario 64 or any of like you know uh, ocarina of time all those kind of things those that was one of those staple games of my childhood that i put hours and hours and hours of i think everyone has amazing stories of those games i think my favorite story i have playing 64 is uh, um we took a school trip to colorado and i used to live in ohio at the time I think it was like maybe, I don't know, it was a long drive, a couple of days. And we were in a one of those huge white vans and someone brought one of those, uh, I don't know what they call it, but those cigarette lighter adapters that you could uh, plug in a TV. So someone brought a small CRT, uh, CRT TV. We played 64 pretty much the whole time in this tiny, uh, in this van. And at the time, everyone's like, Jigglypuff is useless. Her rest, she just falls asleep and no one knows what that does you know, kind of environment. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to play Jigglypuff. So I spent that whole week 
on our Colorado treat, trip and the drive there and back just learning Jigglypuff until I was able to beat everybody in the car with Jigglypuff, and that was uh, really exciting for me. <laughs> I think the big thing for Jigglypuff in 64 is the back throw. The angle that the character that you grab and back throw off stage, like the angle is just really hard to recover with, right? I honestly, I don't remember what it is. It was so long ago. <laughs> but Sorry, I, I still you. play regularly. Did you know that there's a uh, there's a there's a team that does uh, mods and adds characters and stages called Smash Remix. I don't know if you've heard of that, but like Ganondorf in '64 and Young Link, um, they put in Conquer recently. Like really cool, really cool stuff that they're doing. I'll have to check that out. I may or may not have some random content ideas that come from that idea. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> No worries. Okay, so I wanted to, yes, get to League of Legends because if that's the first thing that made you think, oh, people make money doing this? Is that where that connection came for you? Um, oh, Man, that was tricky. So, you know, always play video games. I, remember, I even remember my parents being like, do you want to get into video games? I'm like, no, I don't want to design video games. That seems like really hard and I'm not that smart or something like that. So instead I decided that I'm going to go into engineering, I guess. But yeah, somewhere <laughs> along the line... I was like just watching stuff and watching the LCS grow from like the first world champions being in quote unquote freaks basement, which is actually, it was just like, actually, I don't know. It was, it was tiny. There wasn't many people there. The prize pool was really small. And then seeing that grow into like season three, season four, where it's like, whoa, they just like filled out the Staples center uh, in LA or, whoa, they, you know, they have people traveling all over the world and competing for like lots of money. This is pretty cool. And then I'm like, wait, I like games. I like esports. Can I actually make money out of this? Because you hear all those horror stories, and I think Melee has some of those horror stories, which is amazing that you guys have such a passionate community. Uh, maybe I can insert myself as we have a passionate community now that I play a ton of Melee, um, where you just see a lot of people sacrificing, sleeping on people's floors, you know, doing things for no money, volunteering, spending all their extra time just like giving back to the scene, which is amazing, right? Uh, but seeing. I, I didn't want to do that because, you know, I wanted to have a family. Um, at some point, I was dating my now wife, and I'm just like, I can't have that kind of future. Uh, I can't do that. That's a young man's game kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I realized, whoa, League of Legends, uh, esports in general, seems like it's starting to become a place where people can make money in a career. And I was like, wait, if that's the case, and I kind of hate my job, um, why don't I, like, try to do it? Right. Um, so it was it's kind of a, a huge turning point, a quarter life crisis, some might say, where I just realized, wait, this is actually possible. Let's see what happens. And then I started just figuring my way out until, um, you know, luck mixed with opportunity. And I found my way full time in esports. <laughs> That's very cool. I'm sure that, yes, there was probably one or two steps that you needed to make from mechanical engineer, not an esports-related job, to going, yeah, I'm in esports now. I make money now doing esports. This is very cool, very cool. GG, Sam. Let's go. So uh, something that I think that you've done a great job of doing in this transition of your quarter-life crisis, if you want to call it that, is the fact that you make content related to, for yourself, you make content related to trying to help out with resume type stuff, uh, this whole esports certifi certificate thing. And uh, <laughs> uh, do you actually need esports experience to get into esports? Like, th this is, I'm referring to your own 
GG Sam Han YouTube channel. So we'll make sure that we plug that as well. Just curious to hear why you like to make that kind of content. And it does feel like a giving back sort of de uh, deal, but I'm curious of why you wanted to continue to make that kind of content. Yeah, um, it's definitely partially giving back. Um, I also find myself like I want to, I wanted to grow a YouTube channel. Um, I wanted to create content. I wanted to do something. And I started that when I was like on my grind. I think maybe the maybe one of the first videos or when I started taking YouTube quote unquote seriously is when I kind of ran into Gary Vee, who's like this big digital entrepreneur. And he he's like, just document everything. Just document everything. You don't have to make this crazy polished content. Just document things. So I started just like vlogging myself, like <laughs> on my drive to work pretty much. Um, really bl bad vlogs, some of them better than others, but it started out really, really scuffed. Um, and I just wanted to document things and just talk about my whole experience. And it's really cool that over a hundred episodes, you see a three-year journey of me trying to get into esports and actually getting full-time into esports, which is I think is pretty mind-blowing to me. And I, I got to go back and watch a lot of that stuff. But um, yeah, it's pivoted to a place where it's like, hey, I have this knowledge. I see a problem in esports where I see people that have experience or that want what I have and they don't know how to get there. It makes me sad you know i see a lot of people struggling a lot of people uh, making wrong decisions and i'm just like i can't help but want to help people um i love sharing my experiences to help people learn from those experiences and my mistakes you know the first league of legends things that i started to do was i created a podcast um with a few buddies actually strangers who turned into buddies and that was purely because like um i listened to podcasts I would climb from bronze to platinum in a year after like starting to uh, be serious about it and uh, trying to learn from all these content creators and stuff. And after that, I was like, wait, this game feels so different from in plat than in bronze, which it still sucks. <laughs> it's really toxic. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I people can enjoy this game at a different level that I could enjoy it. So I want to share that experience and help people that want to experience that as well. So I think that just that might be something deeply rooted in me where I like sharing my own stories to help inspire people, to help give people direction because that's what I needed and that's what I wanted. Um, so I, I just kind of want to replicate that and do the same. And just seeing um, some story success stories that we have in our my Discord and like on stream of people getting their first jobs in esports or getting their first internships or getting uh, random hookups through this small network that we've created is really, really, I mean, selfishly it just feels good right it's it's like uh it just it makes me feel good and happy but also it's just kind of i feel very lucky to be in my position and i feel like i have answers for some people so therefore i just i i can't help but want to share that and help people through something that's really really tricky and really really hard to figure out um the way through especially when you have all these kids going to college now i shouldn't say kids <laughs> but all these people going into college now <laughs> And they're like, I'm going to go into esports and I'm going to get an esports degree. And then right off the bat, I'm going to get an entry level job in esports. I'm like, whoa, maybe it's easier now, but I didn't have those uh, resources. And I hope like they don't find themselves in really difficult situations where it's three years outside of college. They're really depressed because they can't get into esports or they're sad that like they don't have the right opportunities. And it's just like, wait, if you just knew like these five things, maybe that would help. Maybe that would have helped you figure things out in college so you can have that dream job like uh, I've kind of found. I didn't go to college. I think 
I think I didn't see the value in school at the time that I graduated high school because I was miserable all throughout high school thinking to myself, this is ridiculous. I could just work. And so since then, I think I still feel like I wouldn't want to go to college, but you, you did that. So to, to try to, well, not don't sell college to me. The question that I would have is, do you feel having done both, you get a job based off of experience and also based off of a piece of paper that says you're smart. What do you truly prefer? About going to college or not? Is that, sorry. No, no, uh, let me, let me rephrase. Uh, do you prefer, <laughs> or it's probably a mix of both, uh, somebody who comes to you with a piece of paper that says they can do what they need to do or someone with experience? Yeah. Um, hmm. For me, uh, what, yeah, a real life situation for me. I talk to a lot of video editors. I don't care what college they went to. Um, I care that they can show me that they can create or they have created exactly what I'm looking for. Right. Um, unfortunately, uh, there's not much time. There's not much resources. So it's hard to take risks. Right. Um, if take if I take risks and they don't pan out, that hurts my project. That hurts. The people that I have to work with because they have to pick up the slack or they are delayed and then they're stressed and all this kind of it's it's a it's a domino effect. So what what scares me the most is taking risks because it affects other people, not just myself. Um so when I look at video editors, I'm definitely looking for experience. Now, if we're talking about maybe a business role or something that uh, a degree really does um give a lot of validity to. Um, that would be important, but even then you still need to show off experience, especially in esports when, and especially nowadays, you can find a way to gain experience for anything that you're looking for, right? If you're a programmer, you can create an app. You can release it on the app store if you're good enough. And you can, you can sell millions of, uh, millions of copies of your uh, game that you pulled up on the, on the Android store, Apple store, whatever, right? Um, you can create a social media account, make memes, and gain 10,000 followers. You can, anyone can do or show off that they have the chops to um, prove that they can do the job. That's really, really cool with the internet. It also means that, um, you know, the onus is on a lot of our, us as individuals to just like grind and do that. And that, that, that's hard. That's really hard. I don't think everyone can do that. And that's also where like school comes into play where it's like, I'm going to have accountability from a accredited system. That's going to tell me you show up these times, these days, you have to learn these things. You have to show, show that you know something about these things to a certain level to get a passing grade. And then after that, four years, two years, whatever it may be, I get a piece of paper that says like, I am able to do all these things and push through, right? You can always prove that on your own. But if you need that accountability, if you need that handholding, which again, isn't a bad thing, um, a degree might be important. Um, and it can be really, really helpful for you as an individual to uh, learn and achieve what you need. Uh, like for example, marketing. I think you don't need marketing. I don't have a marketing degree and I'm pretty much doing marketing all the time. Um, but if I went to, got a marketing degree, I probably have a lot more tools and um, could have saved me some headaches and figuring out and even like um giving me a little bit more confidence uh in my job and what i know because it's not just like everything i've learned from youtube but um ultimately 
I would say you have to show that you can do the job. So whether that's with a degree, whether that's a degree plus experience, or whether that's purely experience, um, I, I think you just got to show what you can do. And of course, all of that does start with just making a name for yourself, either by way of just showing up and handing somebody a resume or just saying, here's my body of work, whatever, whatever. And you've made videos on, on resumes themselves, all that kind of stuff. So I really do feel like anyone listening, it would be worth your time to check out these videos on the GG Sam Han YouTube channel. So one more plug there. I wanted to ask you about when you first flipped the switch of I'm working in esports and I'm just trying to do what I need to do to continue to make it there to when somebody said to you, okay, Sam, now it's time for you to tell other people in this job situation what to do. Like when you started doing project leads or having reports, if you will, people reporting to you, like what was that experience like for you? How did you feel about that? Did you feel like, oh, it's an upgrade, it's a power up, or was it like kind of daunting at first? Hmm, that's a good question. I haven't really been asked that before. Um, I think maybe the first time I was given a little bit more ownership when it came to working with people is probably when I went from a switch from doing like video edits for social media to being like, okay, Sam, you made this really cool thing uh, weekly. Now we want to make like three or four of them. So that means like you can't do it alone, Sam. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> right. you're right. So how do I do this? I need more hands. Okay, cool. So then I had to start reaching out to people and that was crazy because like I don't have a large network. Um, I have maybe like 1,700 followers on Twitter or something like that and they're not all going to be editors either. Um, so it was really hard to figure out like how to find people and then figure out how to set them up for success. Um, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, I have high expectations for myself in how... I interact with individuals. Uh, I don't want it to be a super transactional interaction. I want people to find joy and happiness in what they're doing. I try to bring people up and give people chances that may not have had a chance in esports. I think that's really, really important to me. And again, harking back to the point about risk taking that I made earlier, it's, it's definitely scary. So um, sometimes it requires extra hand-holding, especially when I hire maybe the wrong person that I thought might have been able to have more experience. Um, and then hopefully I can hand-hold, and if I can't, then it's like, oh, sorry, like, I, we, like this was, this, I did not set you up for success, and we had to find someone else. Like, that's totally on me, right? Um, but, yeah, that was probably, like, uh, six months in to when I first started at Golden Guardians. Um, it was really tricky, and I haven't had to deal with um, managing. Well, I don't have any direct reports to me internally, but I think also the next big thing that I had to do was our media day for our League of Legends team. Um, it was a one-day shoot where we did two photo shoots, like a few video shoots. Um, we had stylists outfitting our, our our players in like the what we call street regal outfits, where it's like mixing streetwear and formal wear. Um, it was we did orientation, we did peripheral checks for the competitive team to like set up the computers. We did a lot of stuff. And my goal was to get every player out of there within four hours. It was, it was crazy. And that's where it was like, oh, if I don't do my job well, people around me are starting to like have a hard time because suddenly they have to do last minute things. They have to work a little late. And that 
that was really, really scary and also exciting because we lacked organization in our, in our team. And I thought I could bring that, especially with my experience in engineering. And um, yeah, it, it ended up going really, really well. Uh, the community loved what we put out because it was new. And uh, what I loved about it was that we had we have really talented people and I could just let them do their best thing and get all the friction out of their way so they can do their best job and then bring everyone together in a somewhat organized fashion to put out something that everyone was proud of. Um, yeah, I kind of forgot your original question, but... <laughs> no worries. It, <laughs> you did do a good job answering it. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the, the six months thing one more time. Are you telling me that within about six months or so of working at Golden Guardians, which as I understand was your first esports job or was it not? Uh, first full-time esports, yep. Okay, so your first full-time esports job in about six months, they're like, all right, it's time for you to start working with other people and coordinating and getting this stuff out there. That's insane to me. But you know what that also says? That also says that Golden Guardians is going, this Sam guy, huh? We made a good choice on that. <laughs> So good for you. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, it was. It's a. Hmm, I'm trying to think if what would be valuable to your audience in, in this story because I think there's a there's a lot in there. Um, for anyone that's like trying to figure out their way into esports, or even those that are like new into esports, I think what what I did was I worked long hours. You know, I had a lot of imposter syndrome, and uh, I worked really really hard, and. But yeah, probably like 50, 60 hours a week, some of those weeks. And my whole goal was really to like, what's the next thing? Do I really want to be editing um, these social media videos all the time? For some people, that's yes and great. Like they have their, their clarity, but I wanted something different. I wanted something where I could bring home a bigger paycheck. I have this goal in mind that I want to I want to get a paycheck bigger than my engineering paychecks. And, you know, at the time I was married. Uh, we're thinking about family, buying a house, all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I have a goal in mind, right? And it, I have short-term goals and long-term goals. So that really that really helped me personally motivate myself to keep me going. And when things are hard or when things are wishy-washy, um, that gave me direction. And I'm a person that really, really needs that. If I have no direction or no motivation, like it's really, really hard for me to get a job done. So I, I really planned that out. And, you know, even in my, in my next, uh, like, uh, annual review, I said, Hey boss, I want a 20 K raise by the end of this year. How do I do that? Right? Like, is that possible? And how do we accomplish that? So I was really direct and like f focused on what I wanted to achieve. And therefore I had to live up to those expectations and those agreements that we have had. And then that's how I kind of found my way and like, Oh, you know, I see this problem that we have in this organization, which is huge. If you're able to solve your boss's problem, that that's going to make you their favorite person. And that's going to get you money. Um, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I realized like, oh, we need like leads for these projects because they get messy and, you know, creatives or specialists in, that we hire, they might not have that management skill, right? Some of them do, some of them don't. Some of them don't want that because they want to just video edit or they just want to create graphics or whatever. So I knew that that was a problem. I proposed that. We talked and figured out like, hey, you might be good at a product manager. And I'm like, what? what is that? I've never heard of that, blah, blah, blah. And like, I was really intentional, got those projects because my boss is great. And um, I worked my butt off. I, I worked so hard and I watched YouTube videos about what is product management, how do you do a schedule, how do you do budgeting, how to do all this kind of stuff. And I invested in myself. And then honestly, at some point, 
I really believe that like I was working sometimes 30 hour weeks, 35 hour weeks, 40 hour weeks, which, you know, I think people think is rare in esports. But I realized that if I'm really intentional with my time and I'm smart about it,、um, I think everyone can get a lot more done in less time if they're not, you know, slacking all day at work, which, which happens. I have tough days where I'm slacking too.、Um, but yeah, I think that's what really helped accelerate those six months to get me in, like,、uh, in the role that I am and having more. Ownership, leadership,、uh, liking what I'm doing, all that kind of stuff. But it really depends on like, we have to f- take our career in our hands and work really hard towards it and not expect, like, I can't expect my boss to be like, hey, I want to do this, set me up for success and like do everything for me. Like, I was really proactive about it because、um, I had certain goals in my mind. So, it's not just about working hard and saying, hey, look, I'm working hard, but also being very specific, knowing what you can and can't do, and then trying to arm yourself to do things that you feel as if you can get there. You just have to continue to learn while also continuing to work hard. So, it, very purposeful steps in those directions, it sounds like. Yeah, being, being intentional. And, you know, <laughs> sorry to plug the YouTube channel, which you've been graciously doing. I, that's, that's what I like talking about because I don't think anyone's really talking about that. And I'm still figuring it out. I mean, I'm only two years into my esports career full time.、Um, I'm figuring things out, but I want to share that. I want to be like, hey, like, guy, you're super happy you got into social media. Great.、Um, have you asked for a raise? Do you know how to ask for a raise? Do you know how to talk to your boss? Do you know like, what goals your boss has for you? Because then when you're like, I want a raise, like, what? You didn't hit any of these metrics that、uh, you didn't have any idea about because you weren't paying attention. Like, these are the things that.、Um, I think a lot of us don't think about much in esports. We we're not business minded or career minded. We're just like really, really happy and really passionate about what we're doing. And、uh, you know, that can be taken advantage of too. So I, I want to help people avoid that. Do you want to know what one of my goals was for when I started、uh, podcasting as soon as I saw Golden Guardians get involved? Was to collaborate with Golden Guardians in some degree. And so you could say that's happening right now because here you are. So. That's just you know, one of the goals, but also really cool because for me, I, I, this is, this is、uh, something I'm doing purely based off of like the passion thing. It's not something that I'm making money off of. And maybe perhaps money is something that I want to like involve with it somehow in the future. But for now, what I'm trying to do is just trying to get better at podcasting, get more people on, talk to more people about Melee. And this is a great conversation as well. This is very interesting to me. So when I say talk about Melee, That involves a lot of different contexts. So you're doing great, Sam. But I wanted to, that's what I'm wanting to do as of now. But then the,、uh, the yeah, the long term goal kind of stuff, I try to introduce one or two of those to, into my head every once in a while. But what you seem to be doing a very good job of is not just looking two weeks ahead or a month ahead. You're looking further ahead than that and also being mindful of how you can continue to provide for the family that you want to grow. <laughs> I was about to say build. You don't necessarily build children. Just based off my own experience. But anyway, <laughs> that's very cool that, very cool that so far, so good, more or less. But also, it sounds to me as if that drive and hunger is still there. Would you say that you still have that, the, the drive and hunger that you had at day one? <sighs> hmm. No. <laughs> um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing.、Um, I definitely think when I first came in, 
I was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, just so excited, ready to prove myself. And again, like, imposter syndrome was huge, you know? I worked hard because I was just like, oh my gosh, they hired me and I'm, they hired me as a video editor and I don't know how to video edit. Like there's so many video editors out there that have been doing this decades longer than I have. I learned video editing from uh, a guy at Team Liquid from his YouTube channel, watching all of his tutorials. Like that is my video editing experience of like realistically, maybe at the time, like one and a half years. And they hired me as a video editor. Oh my gosh, they're going to find out and fire me and that I'm bad at my job. All the, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, so I had a huge drive. Uh, also, like I said, I had these goals in mind. Like even when I came in with Golden Guardians at first, it was freelancing. And when I moved to LA, they brought me into the office like two days a week. And I was like, you know what? Like after one month or two months, I'm going to like during that whole time, I'm going to do such a good job and I'm going to volunteer to do everything I can that they're going to be like, Sam, we can't have you leave. We need you here full time because you provide so much value. That was like my drive. And then once I got it, I'm like, okay, great. I tricked them. Now I have to like work extra hard for them to like be like, oh yeah, Sam's all right. You know? Um, so I had a lot of imposter syndrome and I was working really, really hard to make myself known, uh, in the company and you know, in the industry. Um, really really excited about everything that we're doing i was still watching like every single lcs game every single nba 2k game um a match that we had um but now definitely uh the drive looks different to me it's more important to have a better work-life balance and to enjoy my life because let's be real a company can replace me in a month versus you know my family my wife can't replace me in a month you know kind of thing um so i gotta know where my uh i, I want to put um i want to make sure my priorities are straight and now that i feel like i've kind of like planted my flag in my career i've made this pivot and i have a lot more confidence in like what i can achieve i still deal with imposter syndrome like every week every day all the time uh it's just not as debilitating as it used to be um but yeah now things are steadier for me i'm excited and now i just stress out about like how to do a better job with like my job uh not really worried about am i going to lose my job am i going to um disappoint all the people around me that kind of stuff um the drive looks different i i definitely want to continue growing my career but it's not just it's not this crazy honeymoon phase and working ridiculous hours yeah I've had to deal with that myself as well, where I would look back on a month and go, I haven't, what happened? <laughs> like, I've just been working so much that uh, in like a normal, regular sort of job, not an esports job, but like I would look back and go, I don't know how much living I did during that time. I was just focusing on work too much, too hard. And I think one thing that has definitely helped me a lot immensely is my wife who is saying to me, I want you here. And I'm going, okay, yeah, yeah. And as she has continued to uh, emphasize that to me, it has been very helpful over the years that we, so we're, it'll be five years for us in November. So it's been long enough that we've had this process of me going from uh, a proud workaholic type person to more of the kind of person who says work is valuable to me and I want to be valuable to the company that I work for. However, I want to be home at a reasonable time. I want to have more time at home just in general. Like I can still do 40 hours easy, but once we get start to get towards 50 hours, it's like you're, you're going to start to 
see me be more anxious to get home and advocate for myself more like I'm working too much. So I can do that with my current job and that's great. Uh, I realize that's not everybody's situation where you can just advocate for yourself and immediately see something. I mean, that's not even true for me. Like sometimes it takes a couple of weeks to reset and rebalance, but something that I am conscious of and I fight for myself more as compared to just being the, oh, I can do it person i can get it done person like i'm i can't be that all the time anymore and especially with two kids as well so it's it's cool to hear that that is something that you're going through as well and that you you do humanize that because someone like me can look at where you are the success that you're having and go okay well i'm just gonna go ahead and assume that sam is like a a 24 7 work all hours get it all done kind of a person but it sounds like you have a really great balance that you're continually working on, but that you have that vision in your head of, hey, I, I can't <laughs> I can't be a, I can't be work all day, all night. So that's really cool. Yeah, and I think just to add a little bit more to that, the crazy thing is like because I worked in engineering for six years and I knew what that was like for me and how miserable I was, which I mean I was still okay at my job. Um but I, I just found myself being lazy all the time because I really didn't want to do it. Um, now in esports, uh, I have a different gratitude and viewpoint than a lot of people I think that have found themselves in esports from the start. And um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking what my point was. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. So like working those extra hours and being on when or during working hours is a lot easier for me, you know and Every now and then I get messages late, people apologize, I'm like, hey, don't worry, like if I if I see it and I can't respond to it, I'm just gonna ignore it. And you'll hear it, uh, You'll I'll respond to you tomorrow morning or something like that. But uh, I realize for me, it's not necessarily, like this idea of work-life balance is kind of this weird thing where it's not like, you have bad work-life balance if you work 41 hours a week, you know? I think some people need to work 50 hours a week because they love their job and that is their life. And like, good for them, that brings them joy and happiness and all that kind of stuff um and i'm at that point where like i'm fine working maybe 45 hours a week um that means maybe i wake up earlier than uh everyone else so i can make time for that because that brings me joy and stuff um sometimes working random saturdays a few hours or checking emails or like you know making sure that the youtube channel is doing well and like doing some of my own research because i'm in a job where i i really like that and i hope that people find that and i hope people realize that like they can they don't hopefully Hopefully, I know this isn't for everyone, but <clears throat> they can find themselves in a place where they can just do what they like to do and make enough money and find the right work-life balance, whatever that may be for them personally, um, to have a happy life and not be stuck in maybe a lie that society tells us that you have to go to college, you have to do X, Y, and Z, or else you will be unhappy and it's a bad it's a bad decision and you're irresponsible in your life. I, I, I hate that. I think that lie that society has on us, that grip that society has on us, that we can just and that we should if we want to work hard enough that we can find a job that we like and get paid enough i, I do believe that for you know probably the majority of the people listening to this uh, i know not everyone's situation is like that but for the majority of us that are miserable every day um i think that was a huge wake up call, wake up call for me and then now being in it being like wow this is this is great <laughs> you don't have to fight so hard to be motivated because like you said earlier the motivation can be there very intrinsically and naturally if you enjoy what you're doing. But if it's not there, 
like you can just hardly wake up and be bothered to even go to work in the first place and you're driving there and you're like looking forward to all the misery that you have is set up in store for that day and no amount of coffee is going to fix and whatever whatever and even the relationships that you have with your coworkers, even if they're awesome you still have to deal with the work itself so hopefully for anyone who is currently experiencing that that it's just you you're this is not the end destination for you and that there might be something else out there that you feel yourself wanting to shoot for and as best you can and as you're able to it just takes some intentional stepping in that direction and maybe a little bit of risk taking maybe a little bit of outside the comfort zone thing but you can get there if you if you're just a little bit intentional and just take those steps to get there and you'll find yourself being motivated to do that because you're thinking to yourself that's what I want to do so then that motivation does come easy if you uh if you gather up the courage to do it which is which is hard <laughs> i understand that for sure yep that's perfectly summed up so when you first were told that there was going to be a little bit of an addition to the golden guardians family and more melee people melee players and there was going to be a youtube channel and you were going to be the project lead for that how do you first in in from your from your memories of this how do you first approach those conversations with the with the talent if you will and i don't want to depersonify tov ppmd nun and zane but just like they already all have their own kind of thing going with the youtube channels that they have and their social media presence their personas all that stuff how do you how did you first approach integrating that into one unite united golden guardians melee youtube channel uh yeah, that's a good question. I think um, I think I got lucky, uh, very lucky. I, I'm sure there's some foresight that I'm not realizing as well, but um, <clears throat> the guys work really well together. I think our Zane and Hunter and Spelzy, um, the two Golden Guardians people, uh, management people, uh, they all work together to figure out what the right people to bring on to the org were. And they did a great job. So 90% of the battle was done for me. <laughs> I think... Um, Let's go. Yeah, what ended up happening was because we we had content creation in mind, um, these guys are all willing and ready to, to participate in whatever we do. Um, I did have preliminary conversations with all the players and like, hey, what do you guys, what kind of content do you want to do? This is what we're proposing. Um, had some internal brainstorms, with, especially with our uh, big melee people internally um, <clears throat> to just see like what's out there. Definitely did content research and audience research as well to figure out like what's what has worked, what isn't happening. What can we steal from other games and industries that they're doing and just, you know, make it's it a sample, thing. sample. <laughs> Sam, sure. No, I'm gonna still say steal. It definitely is stealing, um, in a, <laughs> an appropriate, appropriate version. Um, because I mean, sidetracking a little bit, I have no problem stealing these kind of ideas from you know uh, GQ or um, Bon Appetit or whatever else. Because honestly, like if it's good content, I just want melee people to have good content. That's it. I want them to enjoy what they what they want what they're watching, and I want to put something into the scene that they will like. So therefore, if we can just port an idea from someone else and make it melee themed and they love it, I've done my job. I, I don't 
I don't care so much about being like, we're going to do the craziest thing that no one has ever done before. And everyone's going to maybe like, maybe not. No, I just know like this is going to be great content. It's going to be funny content. And I don't care where I came from. Like as long as like we're doing our due diligence to not like literally copy paste and, you know, put our spin onto it and make it fun for ourselves. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, as I said that, I've lost my train of thought. Um, but when it came to talking with everybody about how GG Melee was going to push for content as a group to align everybody's vision for that, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, th- thank you for bringing me back on, on track there, <laughs> Jesse. No worries. Um, yeah, so we did a lot of research. We had a lot of conversations. And then it's just like trying things out. I think one thing that was really tough to do in a tight timeline, because literally I had a month to plan all this stuff and record things. Um, we did pilot episodes. We did recordings um, and tests to see how it would feel and how it would look. And luckily, pretty much all the pilots that we tried um, ended up working out great. And um, we felt good about it. And we just continued uh, chugging along. Um, that's, that's great to hear. And yeah. for you yourself, was this your first true foray into Melee or... What was your what was your opinion of Melee before you started leading this project? Uh, my opinion on Melee uh, way back in the day is this game is really hard because everything moves fast. I'd rather play 64 or Brawl. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought way back in the day um, before I even knew what wave dashing even was, right? Um, but yeah, pretty much this is my first foray into Melee. Um, I think... The biggest thing that I've learned from even previous projects, um, one of the previous projects I did was launching all of our WoW PV, PvP uh, players' YouTube channels, their personal YouTube channels, when I've never played WoW, WoW before. Um, the big learning from that is like rely on people that know what they're talking about. Like I'm not going to go in pretending like I know the best. I like to surround myself with people that are smarter than me, people that are... Uh, that I can lean on. I hire them for their expertise. I don't hire them so that I can be like, hey, do X, Y, and Z. You know, I hire them to be like, hey, we need this done. You tell me how we're going to do it, right? Or like, let me set you up for success. Let me remove as much friction as possible. But I'm relying on your special sauce. Like, you know something from the 18 years, the 20 years, the 30 years of like your life experience. You know something special that I don't. And we're going to try to figure out like, and I believe that you are going to bring that special thing to make this uh, to help me achieve my goals and for us to achieve our goals and to make something really, really cool. Um, that that was huge when it came to this melee scene and GG Melee and just like talking to Toph about like, what do you like you've done podcasts? What do you think is going to be special about Radio Melee? And then he talks about his thing. PPMD is like, hey, this is what I'm thinking of because I've never really done like these kind of podcasts. And then I go like, hey, you know what? Uh, this is what I learned from like years of podcasting, years of digesting tons of uh, podcasts. So let's, how can we mix this all together to make something really, really cool? And Radio Melee came out of that, right? So um, a lot of conversations, a lot of depending on people that are smarter than me, and I'll continually always do that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, somehow, some way, uh, we got to a point where we used all the talent and created something uh, that people like. Yay, <laughs> go us. <laughs> Yes, go team, Golden Guardians, woo! Or actually, I think the name of the episode of me reacting to the news of all the signings and the announcement of the GG Melee channel was Golden Guardians Pog. Yeah, that's what it was. Nice. <laughs> I was so excited. I, I brought somebody on just to talk about the announcement. We spent 30 minutes just like nerding out about the about the GG Melee Direct. Awesome. That was so cool. 
I, I hope that you felt the, the the warm response just just right from the start. Oh, definitely. Um, one other thing I want to add real quick too. Um, I mentioned the one thing. I think the thing that we haven't done well with the channel, and maybe we've kind of done okay, is uh, branding. When you talked about bringing all four players together and figuring out like how do we make content around them and it feeling unified, um, branding is something that I think has been inserted in just based off of gut, but not really intention, uh, not super, super intentionally. There's definitely like goals for different types of content and understanding different personalities. But one thing I really want to do for maybe the next wave of content that we'll start recording and that I'm actually starting to plan for now uh, is like really understanding like what do we need to focus on? What is the best uh, approach based off of the personalities of either the content or the players or our goals and like really double downing on that and making it really clear. That's something that I'm exploring more. I think I've learned a lot, but I've never really been really, really intentional about. And hopefully when we see new content coming out, I don't know, July, August time, um, hopefully that will come across in the content that we put out that it's just like really clear, like, oh my gosh, like this is a cult that I want to follow, which I feel like we've already created. <laughs> but, you know, we want to have more people drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yes, the more the merrier. And not just specifically melee people, right? You want to have the personalities also bring in other people who may not have as much familiarity, who's not a melee stats collective person at first and then coming into GG Melee. Maybe it's just someone coming in to see one of the videos and going, wow, that was hilarious. <laughs> and then going, oh, wait, oh, they're Melee players. Okay, so what's Melee? Like, I'm sure that's a big part of the vision as well. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Very cool. So as we get in the direction of wrapping up here, I wanted to talk about your personal Melee journey because you've been tweeting here and there about <laughs> going like, okay, I think I know what it's like to do this or do that or playing unranked on slippy that sort of deal what has been your what, uh, some some of the bigger stories or uh, a story to tell from your experience of playing melee yourself uh i think uh, one quick story and then i'll give a real story um one was really cool that i randomly on unranked got a uh, match made with a coworker, so that was pretty cool <laughs> I was like, like, That's wow, awesome. what are the chances? <laughs> yeah. uh, I got my uh, my butt kicked really bad by Crystal, our our, our creative director. <laughs> but um, yeah, for a, a bigger story, I think um, nothing like crazy, but I think something that has made me really addicted to this game now and understanding like what everyone is going through is that the cool moment where I'm in net play playing unranked and I match up with a random person and we're playing and then they win and then we we match up again or we queue up again and then i win and it kind of goes back and forth and maybe it's one-sided a little more one-sided than not um but then i'm just like 40 minutes have passed and i played with this guy that's name is poner noob 69 or whatever right and i'm just like we're still playing and like i feel like i know this person and like maybe we're friends or something and it's like it's really cool it's really exciting just playing 1v1 with this person and just going back and forth and just having a good time with a complete stranger that there's no voice comms there's nothing like there's no way to communicate except the bm app like between games you know i'm um, saying like lol or like oh um well played when they like definitely sd'd a few times or whatever or maybe even taunting in game because apparently that's a that's a huge uh 
discourse right now on, on the melee community um oh yeah <laughs> yeah so like we, we, we might be a little bit bored right now <laughs> <laughs> totally so yeah i was just like wow like and then after 45 minutes like someone says gg and like we have to leave or whatever and i'm just like oh i miss that guy like this was really cool this was like a, a crazy experience where i'm like it's it's a competitive 1v1 game where we're trying to definitely like destroy each other but there's like some random camaraderie that ends up happening in the middle of this and i feel like attached to poner noob 69 who i have no idea what their real name is if it's a guy or a girl or whatever i have no context maybe it's a 12 year old that i'm getting my um, butt handed to me or whatever um but i was like wow this is really fun and no wonder why the community is so like like so tight and loving what they're doing and again, this was a complete stranger. I cannot wait to go to a local tournament eventually with my like really scuffed Yoshi and uh, get my just get destroyed and then make friends and talk to people and like it's so exciting. And it, I feel like this is just a little hint and taste of like what melee is. And I'm totally hooked. I've I've drank that Kool Aid, and it's really really excited to be part of that kind of community so i i think that's the biggest thing in my melee journey that i've like really really enjoyed and now i gotta start uh getting into like more directs and meeting people intentionally and then playing games with them and jumping onto discord with them which i've started to do um i randomly tweeted out like hey who wants to play netplay right now and destroy me and melee community always comes through and i got four stocked by everyone that i played it was it was great you know <laughs> like getting destroyed by everyone being like oh yeah i really do suck at this game or like oh wow i am really fresh at this game but um yeah i gotta start exploring that and i'm really excited to like you know make some friends and make some acquaintances and uh just play melee Let's go. And I also want to make sure that we talk a little bit about the Octagon 2. That is coming up this Saturday, June 5th, 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the twitch.tv slash goldenguardians. So I'm really excited to be able to follow along with this event one night only. The Octagon 1 was awesome. It was fantastic. I'm actually wearing right now my T-shirt from Golden Guardians, the Octagon 1 and so it's funny. A, this is a this is a shirt that I uh, have near and dear to my heart, literally and metaphorically speaking. It was one of the first merchandise melee related merchandise things that I was like, oh, I have to have that. So I got it, and nice. it's really cool. But do you want to talk a little bit about the Octagon too? Yeah, um, I, I'm super excited for it. Um, I'm going to do definitely be like almost a total fan of the experience because. Uh, there's a totally different team working well not totally different team because we're all overlapping things but i am not in charge of the octagon 2 that is going to be actually eric um star fox fire i don't know what his twitter handle is but i know he's he does commentate and does a lot of things in the community he's helped uh zane with a lot of the sketches so we've like like you've mentioned we like to collaborate we like to use the or not use the community work with the community and use their talents and to help us create cool stuff too because you know well, melee is all about the community so he's he's been hired to lead that project and we entrust a lot into that uh, our fearless leader there but yeah i haven't had too much to do with the octagon 2 so i'm going to be enjoying it and l watching a lot of videos for the first time on broadcast um i the only involvement i like the strongest involvement i have in it is just like figuring out this week's uh youtube content which again i don't know when this is going to air but um everything's going to be octagon themed this week and um and even just like getting all the VODs uploaded and all that kind of stuff, just everything uh, YouTube related. But I'm really excited. I've seen sneak peeks of things. It, the team is working 
tire tirelessly. They're doing a great job. Um, we have some crazy surprises um, coming out during broadcast and during this week, and it should be a really good time. It's going to be really exciting to have so many grudge matches, having none competing. So we have another uh, a person on our side of the ring, um, you know, and PP and Tove commentating is going to be super exciting as well. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really hyped. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears coming into this uh, project, and hopefully the community is going to love it. I'm I'm really really excited. I am as well as a big fan. So this this hopefully this podcast episode in particular will be out on Monday, I'm thinking sometime. So yeah, normally I try to put it out the same day that I conduct the interview, but this is going to be a Monday podcast episode release, I believe. So for those who are listening, you'll still be able to check it out before Saturday, June 5th. And on that day, of course, go to twitch.tv slash Golden Guardians to watch the event live. So let's make sure that we get you out here while also being able to self-promote one last time, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, um, you guys can find me on Twitter at Just Casual, otherwise, uh, and Twitch Just Casual, where I stream every Monday at 8 p.m. Uh, PST, talking about you know random things. Actually, this this uh, this upcoming Monday, which maybe you guys will check out the VOD at this point, but uh, I'm going to be talking actually a lot of the things that I've learned about branding. So that that should be fun going to figure out who the Nike of esports is and who the Victoria's Secret of LCS is and stuff like that. So that that would be actually really fun to do. Um, other than that, the YouTube channel, which Jesse has graciously mentioned multiple times, uh, I think the URL is Samhan Esports, but you can just search like GG Samhan or something like that. Um, but yeah, everything is linked from my Twitter. So just go check that out. And uh, uh, don't be a stranger. Say hi. I talk a lot of my DMs to random people. So that's really exciting. <laughs> And once again, Sam, thank you so much for joining me here on Bottom of the Smash Mountain, the the hot dog stand of the Melee podcasts. <laughs> nice. I, I, uh, I love, I used to live in Chicago, and the hot dog stands were one of my favorite things to uh, eat at. So don't, uh, hopefully you meant that in uh, a complimentary way. <laughs> Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Woo, you made it. Congratulations. Let's talk about a few things before we get going here. First of all, it is Memorial Day today, so my brother served in the Marine Corps for several years, and this was a little while ago, but did a tour out in the Iraq-Afghanistan area, and so I am a little bit more familiar than the person who is either not in the military nor is close to somebody in the military. But I was never in the military myself, so there are those of you who are going to know even more than I do. But just based off of having a brother who served, it is a lot of different things. But most importantly, my brother decided to join the Marine Corps more or less to serve the United States in that way. So not in the military anymore, not in the Marines anymore, practically speaking, although, of course, that follows you as someone who serves whether sorry both him and others who have served so all i'm trying to say is that i want to thank those of you who have not only sacrificed time and resources but sometimes literally your own lives for the sake of us having freedom in the united states i think that there is something to be said about how the government, the U.S. government, uses resources sometimes unwisely, including the military. That being said, I think the overall thing that a lot of people 
within the military have said who have served is that even despite all of that, even despite the things that are regrettable, the trauma and things that are undesirable, that ultimately the idea of protecting everybody else within these borders to give everyone else the opportunity to flourish and to not be constantly looking over their shoulder in regards to like it's just straight up war zones and all that kind of stuff I think there is something to be said about how admirable it is to do all of that to try to make home safer and that's all I have to say about that Alrighty, happy memorial day and I want to also talk a little bit about these IRL events that are starting to come back into the fold a little bit. There's more and more of it happening. For example, today there was a PA or Central PA Melee Invitational. I was not there. I am not fully vaccinated yet. And even when I am fully vaccinated, I will not be able to enter events out the wazoo like you might be suspecting that I will doing. Nope, I will not be entering events out the wazoo. Uh, As of now, I'm not sure how many events I'm going to be entering, but there was an in-person event held, so congratulations to Slug for winning that over Dawson. So those are things that are starting to happen, and I guess overall my feeling is excited, but also excitedly, cautiously optimistic. (laughs) There's still a little bit of like a part of my brain that's operating here but I think that overall since you know there's a lot of people getting vaccinated and whatnot trying to still exercise safety measures all that fun stuff hopefully this is going to be overall a good thing we don't know what the future holds so as far as I can tell hopefully things will continue to go in a good direction as they have been overall heading in a good direction in regards to the pandemic. I realize that not the entire world, excuse me. I realize that there's not a positive outlook in everyone's circumstances over all parts of the globe, but over here in the United States anyway, it seems as if there's a general feeling of optimism and steady improvement over the past few months as more and more vaccinations have gone out and people have started to go out a little bit more these mask mandates are starting to be lifted or eased bit by bit day by day so all signs saying okay we're kind of starting to go into that post-pandemic phase but it doesn't happen all in one day so we'll take it one day at a time and see where it goes the last thing that i want to talk about It's probably goldfish, and the reason why is because I'm looking at a bag of goldfish that should not be in front of me because I'll just eat all of it. That's my my reflection for you today. All right. I think I'm done talking, and I think that it's been really cool to have people on in Season 2 so far, and I'm trying to consider with all the things that I have on my plate of when to start Season 3, but I don't think that's going to happen for a little while yet. I was considering it, but I think I do want to hold off just a little bit longer. And when I say a little bit longer, I'm really referring to at least a a few months. (laughs) This season may end up having 60, 70, 100 episodes just in season two. We shall see. Depends on how many interviews I continue to conduct. 
but it's been really fun so far and I'm glad you're all here with me on the ride enjoying the view and the sunshine and the, the warm weather and then when you're listening to this a year from now wait a year from now is May when the weather should be good again hmm a year and a half from now when it's winter time <laughs> who's gonna be listening to this a year and a half from now <laughs> jokes on me all right let's get you out of here thank you so much for joining me and we'll catch you next time i have a special guest with me my daughter ellie is here ellie can you say hi hi so ellie do you want to tell everybody what you just got i got amulet it's from my dad yes it's an amulet from a show that you like to watch do you remember the name of the show sophia yes sophia was it very fun to get this in the in the mail yes what well, wait a minute here. Is there another? Oh, is Ezra not? Okay, Ezra's not coming. So, Ellie, do you think that you'll wear this amulet around your neck a lot? I think sometimes when I wear my purple dress. So, do you want to talk about your purple dress? Have you had that for a while? Oh, yeah, we do. Um, My mama got one. In a long time, my mom got it, and it's very special. It is very special. You're right. Well, do you want to talk about anything else before we get going here? Um, amulets, baby. Amulets, baby. Purple amulets. Purple amulets. And pink ones. But, well, you just have a purple one. Are you saying you want a pink one at some point? Well, yeah, yeah. So, one, well, I want a pink one and a purple one. So, when, when I can have a pink. Oh, so a pink amulet with a pink dress. Okay, well, do you want to tell everybody bye-bye before we get going? Bye. Bye Bye-bye.